The NFC sure got a little more interesting after the Philadelphia Eagles take an L to the Seattle Seahawks on Monday Night Football. It's the Locked On NFL Podcast. You are Locked On NFL. Your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's going on, football fans? It's Locked On NFL Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's Tuesday. That means you got me, Luke Braun. I do Locked On Vikings here with Lauren Cox, who does Locked On Bears, talking about NFC playoff picture and both playoff pictures, honestly. Just how crazy prevalent backup QBs have been this year and how successful backup QBs have been this year as well as our yike and like of the week. First things first, however, today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Lauren, today we witnessed the Seattle Seahawks pull off a home upset with a backup quarterback, Drew Locke, beating the Philadelphia Eagles, formerly feared juggernaut in a huge slump right now. And the whole NFC has now like contracted. You have three, seven and seven teams in the wildcard position in the Vikings, the Rams and the Seahawks. You have the Eagles and Cowboys vying for the NFC East title. Maybe the one seed, maybe the five seed for those teams, the 49ers up there. Um, it is getting pretty interesting. It's kind of a nine team race for seven spots now, I think. And somehow you've got the 10 and four Philadelphia Eagles on a three game losing streak as part of that spiraling and all man, sudden, like, that really snuck up on you. It sure does. And I don't know. It's it, we're, we've kind of been talking about all year about how no one's really sure exactly who's any good anymore, but like, it felt like we kind of at least thought the Eagles were still up in that conversation, but you know, okay. You lose once to the 49ers. Okay. Not, not the end of the road. They're probably the better team than they are. Then a really tough one against the Cowboys last week. And then now, Kind of a, I don't know if you call it an embarrassing end against the Seahawks or not when it's Drew Locke going out there and all of a sudden do they come off of the the road as like a one of those, yeah, I guess we're not sure how good they actually are teams. And are we left with the Ford Niners being the only actually good team? Because the Cowboys got embarrassed by the Bills too. Like is the is all the yeah. NFC minus the 49ers just bad? Like is it 49ers in the Super Bowl for sure and everyone else is just kind of competing for second place? It, I mean, the 49ers seem like they're about to to run away with that one seed they've they've got sole possession of it right now at 11 and 3 and yeah like you said they're hot and everybody else is cold this happens to teams sometimes i'm reminded of the 2021 rams who had a four game losing streak in the middle of november they just had this nightmare month and then they went back to the drawing board and they figured out a couple of things that they were doing wrong and they corrected some things and they moved on and they got hot by the playoffs so that's the the challenge that faces the Cowboys and the Eagles and everybody else that's kind of losing into the playoffs right now um, is, okay, what's going on here? What's wrong with what we are doing? How are teams really getting us this bad? And if it, the, the issue is that they only have three games left to figure it out, they're both going to make the playoffs. They both, I believe, have clinched the playoffs. Yes. So they're in there somewhere. And now they have to figure themselves out in time to maybe take the division. But if not, just not be a total mess by the time you have to go maybe on the road if you're the Eagles to a playoff game. It always feels like 
you know, when we get to the playoffs, it, it's the team that kind of finished the regular season hot that can kind of start, you know, like the, their playoff run almost starts a few games before the playoffs and they can kind of ride that momentum into the first round. And like, I wonder like at what point we reach the, like, if you're hot, if you hadn't started heating up now, you're not going to have enough time to heat up for the playoffs. Cause I think right, you can't go in on a one game streak and call yourself yeah. hot. Yeah. <laughs> I think three games is enough, right? Any of these teams that's spiraling right now, if they win their last three games of the regular season and, and turn it around, kind of like you were just talking about, like that's enough for me to feel like, yeah, they're heating up, but like two might not even be enough, especially if they're not too convincing, you know, really figured everything out kind of wins, but maybe it's too kind of stumble into a victory. Cause you know, they're a good team playing against bad opponents. Like it feels like we're coming up on like put up or shut up, figure it out for the playoffs or else you're going to be on major upset alert in maybe as early as the wild card round. Cause it feels yeah, like for sure these seven and seven teams, like, and the right day, you can catch the Philadelphia Eagles on a Jalen Hurts' is sick kind of day, and even Drew Locke can beat him. So you feel like if I'm if I'm the Buccaneers and Baker Mayfield just had a perfect passer rating, like, oh, I feel like I could beat the Eagles. I feel like I could beat the Cowboys. You know, these teams mm-hmm. all look beatable other than the 49ers, but they'll have that nice first round bye, so don't have to deal with them at first. And I, I think about the Rams and the Lions. There's a lot of talk right now. The Rams sitting in the seventh seed, the Lions sitting in the three seed. Not that far away, right? Tied with the Vikings who are currently in the sixth seed and would play the Lions if the playoffs started today. Uh, Not that far away from taking that sixth seed or maybe the Lions go up one or something like that from having that wild card Matthew Stafford like grudge match. Um, You know, the Seahawks, if they get Geno Smith back, right? They look very resilient, right? There's a lot of stuff that can happen. There's a tradition, however, we have here on Tuesdays on the Locked On NFL podcast, which is pouring one out for the teams that we think are dead. We try to get to these teams as early as possible to make the takes spicy enough. Here's who we have gotten so far. We have poured out the Carolina Panthers, the Chicago Bears, the Green Bay Packers, Arizona Cardinals, New England Patriots, New York Giants, New York Jets, Indianapolis Colts, Tennessee Titans, Washington Commanders. I think we did the Los Angeles Chargers. If not, we should. They're very, they're, we just forgot to. We should have done that weeks ago. I'm pretty sure we did though. Uh, and I have three more teams that are worth considering. Some of these have uh, survived our pour outs before, but Lauren, I will let you make the call. How do you feel about pouring one out for the Atlanta Falcons losing in the least watched NFL game in history in Carolina, their <laughs> second win of the year, falling to six and eight, just a game out of first in the division, but it still feels kind of hard. I counted 11 teams there that we've poured one out for. So we're only only like five teams left that are going to miss the playoffs because four right. teams will be in. And Atlanta's tough because they just lost perhaps as bad of a loss as you could possibly have. And they lost to the clearly worst team in mm-hmm. the NFL. Like they, the team that played against the Panthers on Sunday do not belong in the playoffs. And they, you know, they're on a two game losing streak, losing to the Buccaneers before that. But like at the same time, they're a game out of first place in their division and a game out of the playoffs as a result. And they've got Colts, Bears, and Saints, which are not easy games by any means, but the Falcons are such an enigma. You know, they, they beat the Saints just a couple of weeks ago, and yet the Saints look like, you know, a clear step ahead of them just this week. And I, I, to me, I would certainly bet on the Falcons missing the playoffs at this point because the Buccaneers are playing well, and I think the Saints are playing a lot better. So, but it feels like it feels hard to truly pour one out when they're only literally a game away, but it was such a bad game. I don't know. It's interesting because they have, um, I think 
Oh no, they split the series with the Buccaneers and they beat the Saints. So if they do end up in a tiebreaker, they'll have head to head on the Saints if that's the way that that ends up. I'm kind of ready to do it. Uh, Desmond Ritter is on Sirius and I think they'd have to win out on that stretch and I don't think they went out on that stretch. Um, how about the Pittsburgh Steelers? I'm also very ready to do it with the Pittsburgh Steelers. They got Mason Rudolph. They got the Ravens, Bengals and Seahawks left on their schedule. Yeah, anytime you reach, we're benching Mitch Trubisky level of quarterbacking. That's that's the ultimate. Hey, we're pouring one out here. Like the rest you, of you, you would know. <laughs> I, I know a thing or two about benching Mitch Trubisky, and uh, that's when you're down bad. And the, the that's Steelers down are, bad. As good as their defense is, and all that, they're down bad right now. And I can only hope it makes Mike Tomlin available this offseason for a certain Chicago football team. Oh, that looks that sounds good. Uh, elsewhere in the AFC, even worse record: Las Vegas Raiders. At six and eight, they were five and eight after their shutout loss to the Vikings. Probably should have poured them out then. Uh, but if you just look at the wild card standings in the AFC, you probably already have lost too many games. I think we're a little late to that one. I th- we might have already poured them out if I and I forgot, but yeah. Did you not see them put up 63 points this last week? They're a juggernaut, they're on fire right now. No, they're uh, yeah, they just that was what needed to happen for the Chargers. That's doing their uh fellow Los Angeles team. I said what I said, uh, <laughs> of a favor. They are, they are on the road against the chiefs next week on Monday night football. That'll be interesting to see because Kansas city needs a bounce back and the Raiders are feeling pretty good about themselves. So maybe that's a, a nice little measuring stick for Kansas city. Like how bad are things going in Kansas city? What happens against the Raiders? Right. How, how spicy can things get with the Raiders? Uh, how about this? Let's pour out Pittsburgh and Vegas. And we'll leave Atlanta on the table, and I'm sure Ross will relish doing it next week. <laughs> I'll we'll we'll say one more chance. Yeah, save, let Ross do that next week. It'll be fun for him. So there's two backup QBs in Atlanta right now. There's a lot of backup QBs playing in the NFL here. Uh, both of our teams, Vikings and Bears, have had backup QBs at some point. Mine still does. It's kind of the year of the backup. And I think it, it, it we owe it to them to take a little moment to enjoy the backup QBs that have had success here in the NFL. So we are going to get into that next. This episode of Locked On NFL is brought to you by our friends at Game Time, the best way to get tickets for all of your favorite live events, whether it's music concerts, comedy shows, theater events, or of course, all of your favorite live sports. Game Time is going to have the best prices for you with last minute killer deals and you can view, you can see your view right from your seat on your ticket before you buy it. I always take a look at Bears games with so I host Locked on Bears. And right now, if you want to go to a cheap football game, we saw that last week the Panthers game was super cheap, and Cardinals at Bears this week is also going to be super cheap. You can get tickets into Soldier Field for literally fifty-five dollars on the Game Time app right now. You can find tickets for whatever your local team is across the, the sporting landscape. They've got it at Game Time. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets with the Game Time app. Download Game Time and create an account. Use our promo code Locked On NFL, and you're going to get twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem our code Locked On NFL for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Thank you, everybody, for making Locked On NFL your first listen of the day. When you're done here, go check out the Locked On Sports Today 24-7 All Sports YouTube feed. It is uh, everything from the Locked On Network 
circulating all the time. It's it's like our, our very own sports TV network, first of its kind. Go be a part of history and check that out. Um, speaking of history, this has to be a historic amount of backup quarterbacks, right? We've had like 50 plus quarterbacks start a game in the NFL this year. Absolutely unheard of um, with injuries and sometimes it's benchings. Lauren, I know you have a lot to say on this topic, so I'll, I'll, I'll flip it to you. What do you think of the year of the backup quarterback? Yeah. If, if it's not a record for the number of quarterbacks who started, it definitely feels like a record for like the amount of success teams have had without their backup quarterbacks often, you know, necessity if two teams are both playing with backups, you know, one of the backup <laughs> right. has win, but like particularly this week in general, we saw just on Monday night football, drew lock, Game-winning comeback drive in the fourth quarter, big touchdown to Jackson Smith and Jigbo was a beautiful throw. Like it wasn't like Drew Locke was lights out all game, but did enough to help them win the game. I watched Joe Flacco put together a game-winning fourth quarter comeback drive against the Chicago Bears, and it wasn't like Joe Flacco was great all game. He threw a pick six and two other interceptions, but like down the stretch at the end, does enough when they need to. And, and Case Keenum was able to do the same thing. Like Joe Flacco was on the street like three weeks ago. This was a quarterback who's just sitting out there available to come into a team and start to play well and potentially take that team to the playoff and the Seahawks. I mean, Geno Smith will be back, but you know, team playoff teams are winning games with backup quarterbacks. And it, I can't help but feel like a, the value of backup quarterback is increasing when you can have a guy that you feel like actually can make a difference as opposed to a guy who's just a token coach on the sideline who holds the clipboard, but B like, does that lower the value of your starter when a backup like Joe Flacco can come in and, and win your games? Like if your starter is not, Patrick Mahomes, if your starter's not Lamar Jackson, maybe even, you know, Joe Burrow, like, but we see Jake Browning come in for the Bengals and have a really good game. Mm -hmm. so how, how, how valuable are your starting quarterbacks? If, if you have a really good supporting cast around them, good receivers, good running game, good O-line, good defense, like a lot of other quarterbacks seem to be able to at least win some games right now. And if I'm a team that's on the fence about paying a quarterback, that's that it maybe isn't elite elite. I feel like value seems to be like, build around the quarterback spot because a lot of different guys are seeming seemingly been able to do that this season without being the high paid starter. Yeah. How about the Seattle Seahawks drew lock coming in and leading the, the, the Seahawks to an ugly win over the Eagles. It wasn't a pretty game 20 to 17 at the end. There's a lot of unforced errors and mistakes early in the game. Uh, but that is the value of the backup quarterback, right? It's not very common to get the guy that, pops in and you think actually we can make a season with this guy, right? Oh my goodness. We, our quarterback went out, you know, you don't get the Gardner Minshew takes the Colts to the playoffs kind of thing. Uh, very often it's more the drew lock. Geno Smith's out for a couple of weeks. He's got a thing, you know, he'll be back by the playoffs, but we need someone to just tide tide us over and, and, and limp us through, make this team reasonable and hope we can steal one. We're not supposed to win. And that's exactly what the Seahawks did. They stole one that they were not supposed to win. Big underdogs going into this game against the Eagles uh, and took a huge, huge, huge win for their playoff chances um, when they really they don't have any right to. They don't have the quarterback. You kind of you realize, oh, Geno Smith's out for two weeks. Ah, shoot. Well, two more losses. What does that do for our playoff chances? A guy that makes it so that's not an assumption. So you don't just start circling those games as losses. That's the value of a backup quarterback. I've said for a long time that you should treat your backup quarterback like a starting position when it comes to what you spend on that guy, like a low end starting position. You should like, I think it's okay if your running back makes about as much as your backup quarterback. 
insurance is important. And even if you paid a bunch to your backup quarterback and then you didn't have to go in, you didn't waste that money, right? And same way you didn't waste your money if you spent it on car insurance, but didn't get it into an accident. You know, that's an important thing. Plus backup quarterbacks do a lot throughout the week uh, in terms of helping the team prepare. And they do have an outsized impact on the team. It's just not directly measurable through on-field contributions if they don't actually go in. And if they do, then yeah, forget about it. And much like starting quarterbacks, it still feels like we don't, the teams still aren't good at evaluating backup quarterbacks, right? Because it's, you know, it's fourth string quarterback, Joe Flacco, who, you know, they, they plan to go to mm-hmm. Peter Walker and DTR before they finally ended up getting to Joe Flacco. And certainly with Drew Locke, like there wasn't a lot of confidence that like he was going to be a guy to step in and do these games. And even like Jake Browning in, in Cincinnati, right? Early in the season when, when Joe Burrow was hurt and they brought in Trevor Simeon and they were bringing in some different quarterbacks around there. Like it hasn't always been like, oh, the obviously like, high paid best available free agent backup is the guy that can come in and and be the difference maker for them. It's just like, it feels to me a little bit more like it's, it's still kind of a crapshoot of figuring out what's actually good in a backup quarterback and how to utilize that quarterback skill set properly. And also more broadly, like a lot more matters, the, the situation around him on that team than the actual quarterback themselves in terms of like the teams that we're seeing successful with backup quarterbacks are the ones that have been supporting their starting quarterback pretty well too. And, you know, teams Mm -hmm. like, Teams like the Vikings and the Giants and the Jets that have had to go to backup quarterbacks that maybe weren't necessarily all the way there in the first place. Well, the backup quarterback's not just a, a magical solution to that situation either. Yeah. Well, so the Vikings situation has been really interesting to this because I think we've had some interesting case studies where they had when when Josh Dobbs came in after Kirk Cousins got hurt in Lambeau. They didn't have Justin Jefferson. They were banged up all over the place. And they've actually gotten a little bit healthier lately. And Nick Mullins had a pretty good game against Cincinnati. Um, through a couple of really dumb picks, but ended up with 300 yards. The offense was functional, right? So you could say, well, you know, Nick Mullins had a little bit more. I mean, he had Jefferson the whole time and Dobbs had to do it without and all that. But Josh Dobbs gave me a really clear picture of when you have a backup come in, those first two games can be really volatile in a good way. You expect the backup to come in and just suck. But remember, you're going up against a team that didn't get to scout him. And for Dobbs, when he he came into that game in the middle of the Atlantic first quarter against Atlanta, Atlanta had not prepared for him at all. So when he ran around and did a lot of improvisational stuff, they didn't have a plan for that. They weren't ready to do. They were not. They didn't think they were going to see that. Right. Um, like Jaron Hall's a much more in structure player. So they didn't think they were going to see that. And it was sort of like the old, you know, uh, a chess grandmaster versus an amateur is like harder than versus an intermediate player because uh, an amateur you doesn't know what they're going to do. So you can't predict their moves. Um, and I think that kind of thing can happen with these like sort of insane runs of backups starting out really like the, the Ryan Fitzpatrick of it all, you know, Fitzpatrick coming in four games of craziness and then someone gets some tape on him and they, and he falls apart. That's the true test. And I think it's been three games for Browning, right? Like that tells me, okay, you're going to have a career. You get a career as a backup. Now you've, you've proven that you can function, right? Um, are they going to win every game? No, but you can function. Give me, give me three games. If you're, if you're still heating up by your third game, then you're a real backup in this league. And we are seeing exactly the impact that it can have. If you have a real backup on your team versus if you're benching Mitch Trubisky for Mason Rudolph. And and I think that, that, that some, that sample size is really important. I think back to like backup quarterbacks who flashed for a game or two, and then another team bought in and said, Oh, we saw two games of Matt Flynn and we got to give him a big cut. Let's see Jake Browning. Like you said, like he's won three games in a row now. Oh, that, that tells me a little bit more. Something more, more real to that. Yeah. 
as opposed to like if Drew Locke hit free agency after this big win over the Eagles and someone said, oh, he won- he beat the Eagles. Let's go make him our guy. Well, <laughs> right. see a little bit more. Yeah, may- maybe chill out. <laughs> um, Somebody else who needs to chill out is the Tennessee Titans and maybe less chilling out for the Carolina Panthers. Some teams hitting all time lows. That is going into our yike and like of the week coming up. The Locked On NFL Podcast is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to have as many top-tier candidates as possible to interview. And that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs because they have the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. I'm on LinkedIn. Luke is on LinkedIn. You listening to this are probably on LinkedIn. And if you're not, a lot of your friends, family members, and coworkers are all on LinkedIn because it's not just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals that makes it the best place to hire. But LinkedIn also knows that small businesses are wearing a lot of hats and you might not have the time to really focus in on hiring. But LinkedIn makes the process intuitive, quick, and easy. They even launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions to make the process easier and quicker. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free terms and conditions apply. Moving on with this Tuesday edition of the locked on NFL podcast here with Lauren Cox. My name is Luke Braun. It's time for our yike and like of the week. We do this every week here on the locked on NFL podcast. I'm going to kick it off because my yike and like come from the same thing. I'll get this done. Get out of the way. And you can tell me yours, Lauren. Um, the Tennessee Titans made a big deal this offseason about their new oiler throwbacks, which look absolutely fantastic. I love the oiler throwbacks. And I absolutely love that they decided to schedule an oil, an oiler throwback game against the Houston Texans. What a great kick of dirt into the face of a division rival. And I think those AFC South rival ne- rivalries need to get a little spicier. They're a little bit too, uh, they're too dead because too many of those teams have been bad for too long. So I love that. But man, you got to win the game. You can't lose the game. You got to win that game, man. That's a big yike for me. And on the flip side, a like goes to the Tennessee Titans Twitter account for posting the Tennessee Titans logo with the T edited to be an L with oil dropping down it. <laughs> That's got to feel good for Houston. Be like, you're going to throw the Oilers thing in our face? Get out of here. You're going to lose to Case Keenum today. It's a great yike and a great like, and yet to, it also feels to me like a game that 80% of the country paid zero attention to and doesn't even really know what you're talking about. You know, like, like man, it, that, then they're missing out because the Texans are real. I really do believe that the Texans are going to find a way into the playoffs and they're going to pull a stupid upset on someone, uh, especially if CJ Stroud can get healthy in time. But are people you can't lose to Case Keenum when you do that, man? It's so cool. I, I, I love the Texans. Are people watching? Texans Titans are they tuning in for Texans Titans unless you're in you know the Houston or Tennessee or generally like the south area like I just feel like and we like that whole division but those two teams especially we associate just like nah. like that that's normally yeah. a Thursday night game that we're not watching but I'm like I'm, I'm glad for the Titans and fun or the Texans you know and and being able to come back in that but like okay the Titans are kind of a crap team and then the Texans are now injured without CJ Stroud no one really cares when CJ Stroud's not in there so you know who who's really watching anyway but yet they missed out on a great story 
Such a great rivalry story. I will say CJ Stroud is must see TV. You have to watch CJ Stroud. Oh, yeah. uh, if you're if you're not watching CJ Stroud because ah, it's just the Texans, you're late to the party. <laughs> I think Dell was fun too, and that coaching staff is fun. Like the Texans are a fun team. You're, you're I, right. I'm rooting for them. Uh, how about another another rivalry game for my yike of the week? We we touched on it a little bit earlier, but that Panthers stadium was <laughs> bad. Tickets for that game were like a dollar. You could get it. You go to that game for like five dollars a person. Legitimately, like tickets for five dollars in the upper section. They showed scenes of the, the stands, like even twenty minutes before kickoff. There's like you. Could, it looks like you could see a hundred people in there. Maybe just seas of empty seats and of course despite no fans in the stadium which felt like a covid game again the panthers (laughs) somehow win like it's a big yikes for the panthers as an organization being that embarrassing that their fans won't even show up but it feels like then an even bigger yikes that despite all of that the falcons still found a way to lose to them while still having you know Bijan robinson kyle pitts and drake london going vastly underutilized i mean it's just it feels like the rare yikes all around from both teams it I mean, it's at least at least your game had a yike and a like in this one is is really both yikes in their own both way. Yikes, man. The Falcons have suffered some indignities this year. Like, I remember thinking this about the Raiders last year because they like lost to Jeff Saturday. And I think they were like the only they were like the first win for the last winless team or something like that. I, I struggle to remember this year's the Falcons. They had the Josh Dobbs thing. That is an embarrassing day to lose to a quarterback that showed up four days ago. Like you can't, Oh, that, that happened to the Raiders last year. Exact thing uh, with Baker Mayfield instead of Josh Dobbs. Like that's a rough thing and then to lose to a one in 12 team whose fans don't even want to watch him anymore. And like, this is what bugs me about them, about the Panthers. This is you. If, if, anybody who wants their team to tank, I feel like I talk about this like every week, a- anybody who wants their team to tank, look at what the Panthers had in the stands and you better say i'm okay with that you better you better beg your owners to your team owners to be all right with that if they're all right with that and they want to tank like they got to make their peace with being so uninteresting and uncompelling that even your own diehard fans want to do something else with their sundays you have ceased to exist carolina panthers get serious or you are there are 31 teams in the nfl that's the thing it's like even last year when the Bears were three and fourteen, like week week eighteen, their last game against the Vikings was not well attended by any means, but it wasn't that bad. And we're only in week no. fifteen for the you know, there's three no, you were you were eliminated in everything. Like there was no reason to watch that game. No. At least there was a little bit of hype around like I get to watch Justin Fields and maybe he's the guy, right? He's gonna play and that'll be fun, but like Shouldn't there be for Bryce Young? I mean, there isn't. It doesn't feel like there is, but like, I mean, he's a rookie. You'd think <laughs> they're rookie court number one overall pick. You should get, you know, you don't bail on your rookie quarterback that fast. I mean, geez, you got to have like delusional faith for at least two seasons. He, he hasn't been exciting and that offense hasn't been exciting. It might not be his fault. And if we want to analyze Bryce Young, we have to be a lot more, a lot less lazy than that. But in terms of our fans excited to see him, why would they be? What has he done? You know, Fields yeah, had fun highlights. He'd be like, well, at least maybe it's a show, right? I guess interim head coach uh, Chris Tabor is just not uh, not really doing it for us, huh? Not 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 bringing up the juice as much on the Panthers. So that former they need a big overhaul. Teams coordinator Chris Tabor, I should say. So he knows his way around some losing football. That's for sure. Good guy <laughs> to finish the tank. Uh, we'll wrap up quick with uh, the like of the week for me. It's going to be a p- partially petty like, but then also there's a I think there's a certain genuineness to it too. How about Baker Mayfield's perfect passer rating? The first quarterback in the history of Lambeau Field 
to go in an opposing quarterback to go to Lambeau field and have a perfect passer rating. First of all, like I'm always going to enjoy that happening in green Bay, but more broadly yeah. for Baker, like I didn't just Baker's season as a whole is, can be a like for me encapsulated by this game. Like he's on pace to, to hit 4,000 yards for the first time in his career. I believe he's on pace for a career high in touchdowns. Like Baker is, is cooking and it's fun to watch and I'm happy for him. Like he's, he kind of like Geno Smith in terms of that redemption story, right? Where it's like, we're seeing quarterbacks get a second chance later on and in a better situation, or just maybe after some maturation or growing as a quarterback as well, but also getting in a better situation and thriving in a way that like good for Baker Mayfield, like, and it's good for like quarterbacks to not just be kind of one and done where ah, you flame out on your rookie contract, then you're, you're destined to be a crappy backup the rest of your career. Well, no, maybe you keep working at it. You get into a better situation and, you find yourself on your way to a potential playoff team and certainly setting a first time record at Lambeau field. I'll give it to Baker for that one. Who's the best quarterback in the NFC South? Is it Baker? I, I think so. I mean, right now, as of today, right now, he's playing the best right now, right? I mean, it's nobody on the Falcons. It's not Bryce young. Is it Derek Carr? But he's had these, I mean, cars coming off a big win. They, they took it pretty hard to who was it? Uh, Anders or am I thinking of somebody else? No, that was the Rams. And find it quick. Uh, Saints beat the Giants. Giants, of course. Yeah. Irrelevant NFC East teams. Yeah. The best NFC South quarterback is uh, Justin Fields next year. <laughs> okay. Let's get out of here before you get in any more trouble. <laughs> Thank you all for listening to the Locked On NFL podcast. Uh, here with Lauren Cox. I am Luke Braun. Tomorrow you get Tony and James. They will break down everything uh that is going on in the league i'm sure we are going to start to get some hot seats some rumors things are getting spicy in the nfl it's that time of year uh cheers everybody have a great week i will see you next tuesday signing off for the locked on nfl podcast